What does it take to be an entrepreneur, and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast, and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, that's cool. Welcome to the Orange is the New Black podcast. I'm your host, Ace Boogie, joined by my co-host, Zim. Zim, say what's up. Hello, world. How's everybody doing this evening? So we have a little bit of news going on. I know Zim talked about the Joe Burrow Food Bank as well as uh, some Madden ratings that have come out today. Also, if you guys have any questions in the comments, please feel free to throw in any topics that you want us to talk about. Obviously, with it kind of being the down season, um, there are some issues, especially with there not being a preseason and stuff like that. So we will keep coming to you guys weekly. However, it is kind of like the dry season a little bit as well. So there's certain things that come up that we'll definitely talk about. I know Zim also wants to talk about his favorite play uh, from Joe Burrow, Joe, Joe Burrow's favorite play and how it would actually work with the Bengals. Um, so I guess starting starting things off, I guess let's go ahead and, and essentially talk about that. So there's a play that you posted on your Instagram. And if you're not following Zim, follow him on Instagram at Zim underscore Hude. Um, also follow him on Twitter at Zim Hude. And then also follow me um, at New Stripe City. Hold on. Someone is saying that the audio is off. Really? What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So for me, I think I'm I'm watching you live. Everything seems very, very yeah, clean. Everything seems fine to me. Everything seems very clean too. Uh I'm not sure. Um but but I guess you were talking about that um the the Joe Burrow uh play 
I'm not going to really highlight it that much here, I guess, because I want people to see like the illustration. And this is not a plug to like go to my Instagram, but there's a guy that breaks it down a lot. But Joe Burrow talks about it in his own way where um, where he's specifically saying why the play works. And this is directly from Joe Burrow, um, but it's a play called Giant. It's a post uh, route where Jamar uh, Chase is playing the X route uh, over route from Justin Jefferson at the F. And then a dig um, from Terrence. So those three, to me, that just signals A.J. Green, John Ross, and Tyler Boyd. The only difference is, well, let me let me continue. And at the Z with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, which would be mixing in the flat to the field, and then Thaddeus Moss in the other flat to the left-hand side. We have five guys that are going to be playing in the NFL for a long time. I'm eyeing that free safety if he takes the post. If uh, if he doesn't take the post, then I'm going over. And if the nickel runs with the over, that opens up the window for the dig. If the mic gets under the dig, then nobody's on the back in the flat to the field. Or if the wheel linebacker he's talking about tracks that and gets in the window for the dig, then I got Thaddeus in the flat to the boundary. It just gives me a bunch of different options that they can't cover no matter what. Um, what they do. And I think, um, and that's in, in, in quote, and that's one of the things that I think it could translate to the NFL, like plays like that, because you see very, very similar plays that the chiefs run. I think the difference is they would probably have Ross um, in at that um, where, where just uh, where he's got Justin Jefferson at um, and in Justin Jefferson, the way LSU used him was more of a possession, big, a uh, guy good grabbing the ball at his high point. But I think the Chiefs run that same exact play where Tyreek Hill is now stretching the field out crazy and he's running a, a real deep cross. And I think plays like that, if you go look on my Instagram, you can go look at um in my story where I, I illustrate that. But I, I just thought that was really, really cool. And I think fans got a chance to see how does it, you know, like how our players could translate to what Joe Burrow really feels confident in. Yeah, definitely. And for those uh, watching here in the chat, uh, this is the play that Zim is talking about right here. So as you can see, right. kind of lines it up right there. We've got T. Higgins over here to the outside. You've got Ross right here, kind of in the slot here. You also have Boyd a little bit off the line of scrimmage. you got Mixon that comes out here and runs to the flat. And then you've got A.J. Green on this side. So this right. is how Zim would run it, and it's pretty dope. And 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 the and the one thing I will say is that in this illustration, Tyler Boyd, I got him penciled in at that spot. But if you look at it, that's where they would have Thaddeus Moss on the line of scrimmage. The and I think it's very very important that th this guy pretty much goes off on his left hand side because if he goes over to the right, then it's essentially like you're giving another coverage guy over there to mix it in a flat. But the only difference is this that we have to run it from a four wide set, but because this is on the line of scrimmage, but I just put Tyler Boyd in there because I didn't want to exit out or pull him out like um, from the current formation. But it, as I have it right, this, this will probably be like a legal formation if the wide receiver were to line up like that. But if this was a four wide set, then you, you pull Mixon off the line of scrimmage. Right, right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, so that's that's pretty dope. Seeing how they could possibly do that is, is definitely uh, pretty dope there. So the Madden ratings came out today, um, at least for the quarterback. So they haven't released every single player, to my knowledge. That's dropping soon. But it's no surprise that uh, Joe Burrow is the number one quarterback. I mean, we pretty much figured that, right? But where it gets interesting is 
his rating is a 76. So I'm not sure how I feel about that. And the only reason I say that is when I was doing the actual Madden rosters and stuff like that, I kind of concentrated on that rating. And I know last season or this Madden that we currently have, they kind of came out with Kyler Murray pretty low in comparison to what they did with number one draft picks in the past. So a lot of the rookies this year uh, were lower. And when I say this year, I mean for Madden 20. Now for Madden 21, it seems that Joe Burrow is going to be a 76, but Zim kind of pointed it out as well that there have been players in the past that have been rated higher. And to be honest with you, I was thinking about making Joe Burrow on the game that I have. I think I made him like an 80, if I'm not mistaken, because I went back and I thought about it and I'm like, Joe Burrow is probably the highest talked about, most hyped uh, quarterback since Andrew Luck. So I went all the way back to like Andrew Luck to see what Andrew Luck had. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Andrew Luck was like an 83, 84, something like that. And I went back. Yeah, exactly. And I went back to uh to um baker mayfield like you pointed out and baker mayfield was a 79 and to me i was like well i think joe burrow had more hype than baker mayfield coming into this draft like most people didn't even expect baker mayfield to go number one overall so i was like there's no way that joe burrow can't be higher rated than uh baker mayfield but apparently that's the case so i'm i'm not really complaining because i do like that there is at least a decent gap between him and uh, the rest of the quarterbacks. So for those who don't know, Tua comes in at a 73. So he's three points higher than him. You've got Love, who's a 71. You've got Herbert, who's a 70. And that shocks some people because they expected Justin Herbert to be rated a little higher than Love. I honestly, I'm not really surprised by that. Um, And then also you've got Hertz that's a 68 as well. So, Zim, what were your thoughts on the Madden ratings? Do you think that they they got Joe Burrow's rating right with the 76? Initially, I did think it. But then when people started messaging me and saying, well, Carson Palmer had a 79 coming out. And I'm thinking about Carson Palmer coming out of college. Yes, the attributes are there, the size, the the, you you can go to him um, with throwing power, different things like that. And. And, and, it, and it would be a lot, a lot larger of a gap as far as his attributes go in different categories. But accuracy, just the run that uh, Joe Burrow ran on in college, I don't know what EA Sports was, you know, like, I guess, measuring it by. If you're telling me guys like Andrew Luck had an 83 and Carson Palmer had a 79, because they must be just looking at pure measurables and pure attributes. And, and they aren't looking at the actual player itself because – to me, the the pocket awareness, the accuracy, those different things like that should be like probably the highest in Madden rated history as far as a rookie quarterback. And right. with that said, if pa- Carson Palmer had a 79, and I don't know if everybody here is familiar with Carson Palmer in college, he didn't really ball out um, ever on that level, but he really had some bad years up until um, – his, his final year, like his college numbers just aren't that good for him to come out and have a 79 in Madden. So for me, I would then put Joe Burrow at like a 79, 80 as well, because I do give the edge to Carson Palmer as far as just pure, pure attributes as, as it relates to a video game, you know, like right. the guy's six three six four. I mean, Joe Burrow's the same though. That's the crazy thing about it. It's like, you know, like, what are you taking away from Joe Burrow? Throwing power? Like, aside from that, what other attribute 
coming out of college is, is anyone better than Joe Burrow that would that would make them give them give him a 76. I don't know because I feel like Joe Burrow is probably one of the most accurate quarterbacks that we've ever seen. And although he doesn't have the strongest arm, it's not like he's Matt Liner or anything. It's not like he's got the weakest arm either. So, but I guess from a video game standpoint, you know, everything is some somewhat uh, perpetuated. Like the the way the way that they 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 treat like certain attributes such as speed. Like if John Ross runs a four two. 99 you know like it's a video game but they don't it's crazy like so initially they did have like you said ross that first year with the 99 and then like i don't know if it was because john ross didn't have a great rookie year which i don't know what that has to do with speed they moved john ross from a 99 to like a 97 and made tyree kill faster and i was just like what are you going off of if we got the 40 yard dash like what are they going off of it just to me not saying that Tyreek Hill isn't worthy of that because we've never really had an official, official 40 time from him because right. he wasn't invited to the combine, if I'm not mistaken, for off the field issues. But at the same time, how do you just say, like, because the rest of the NFL thinks that Tyreek Hill is fast, we're just going to make him faster than John Ross and we're going to deduct two? Like, it just didn't make sense to me. What, like, well, I, that that kind of makes my next point then. I think what it is is, all right, so you know when you're going to go to your team select, if you were to make uh, Joe Burrow uh, eighty something, let's say, let's just get. I'm just. I don't know what the overall team um, numbers are for the Bengals. Right. Does any Does anybody know what the Bengals rating? I don't Bengals think they've dropped them yet. I don't right, think they've right. dropped them. Yeah. All right. So this is the conundrum that I think that they probably ran into is that on paper, just like most Bengals think, you're looking at Tyler Boyd, you're looking at Mixon, you're looking at all these guys that should be rated eighty something, right? The last thing that anybody like people like real gamers will go straight like people like, you know, like people that are really playing this game are going to play with the Bengals. Like that's right. going to be a thing. But what EA Sports doesn't want is a two and 14 team to come out and have an overall rating of an 86 based right. off of all of these guys. Like you got DJ Reader, Dunlap, Gino, like they got to scale it down some type of way. And, and if you notice, if you added, let's say you added an overall 99 player to the team, it would drastically improve the, the overall team by like two points or so. Right. So sure. I just think that's the I think they ran into that where they're like, whoa, hold up. Like there's not that many holes on this team and in the holes that we're going to have to give them are going to be on defense because on all in, in the offensive line. And that's the only way we could slide them down and make it make sense because then the average football fan is, is going to be looking at the ratings and probably saying, how the hell do the Bengals got an overall 84? And they just were, you know what I'm saying, 2 or 14. That's my theory. And then the same thing with Tyreek Hill, like you're saying, he's so much fast. They're having so much success. People want to go to uh, Madden and see that the Chiefs are absolutely the best team to play with. That, that's just my right. theory. I, I could be wrong. No, no. I mean, I, I get that when it comes to the actual overalls and stuff like that. But for me, like, when it comes to just speed, now, it might be that they feel like when you have that speed, even if you're a 60 overall, it might make you better. Because I remember when I played back in the day, um, a team that I actually like playing with on Madden, and this was probably PlayStation 2 Madden, if I'm not mistaken, was the Oakland Raiders. And I think it was actually when they had Jason Campbell at quarterback. But the reason that I liked using them was because they had some of the fastest receivers on the game all on one team. So they had right. Darius Hayward Bay. 
They had uh, Jacoby Ford that was like a 97 speed. I would put him in the slot. They had Lewis Murphy. I think he was like a 95 speed. And like nobody could really stop him because they were so fast. And then you could just use your catch with them. So like it wasn't like. I, I was gonna say I, I know some guys that take and put John Ross in running back. Like you, there's right. some there, there's some real there's some real crazy strategies out there for like real gamers. Like I'm old now, I'm a little bit out of the game. I still got a love for like watching, like for being a part of the whole culture and everything like that. And I and I really get into it um, sometimes. And I and I play my nephews. But if there are some Madden people in here right now, I just would love to like see some strategies and different things that you do. Cause I am like one of those guys that used to have some unorthodox things where I will put like a, uh, a wide receiver at running back or whatever, like depending on who I'm playing. But um, I, ju- I just think that's really dope that uh, Joe Burrow is the number one rookie quarterback as he, as he should be after looking at it after further review, I do think the rating was a little low. Yeah, I agree. But by the end of the year, right? Well, by the end of the year, Joe Burrow will be at 85, though. That's my prediction. I'm really interested to see what they put T. Higgins at. Like, I feel like T. Higgins, since he was considered by some to really be like a first round talent, like how that affects him. Because generally, like we've seen in the past with guys like Joe Mixon, a lot of those guys have actually ended up faring pretty well in Madden when it comes to like that second round. I can't recall exactly what Joe Mixon's. Madden rating was, but I think it was like in the seventies as a rookie, which is kind of hard for for someone coming from the second round. It, it's the Bengals. It's the it's it goes to that overall though. Like if you like if you look at e- even when I tell my friends that aren't Bengals fans, right? What is it like? Everybody that's in this chat right now, right? When you're arguing with somebody right now, you say, "Bro, like we we could possibly go to playoffs, like, and they're probably looking at you crazy, like, dude, y'all was just two and fourteen, right? They don't watch right. any of the games, none of that stuff. But if you start talking fantasy football with somebody, and you start talking about the players, like, outside of like maybe Odd and Tate is a little bit more of a a cultural thing. I feel like in our inner circle, where the average fan doesn't really know about Tate like that much. But outside of that, most people say, yeah, you know what, y'all do have Tyler Boyd. You know what? You do have Joe Mixon. You know what? You do have AJ Green. Like all of these different things, I feel like if they gave us the rating that these guys should have, it just would confuse the world because everybody's running with this narrative that we're trash. They went two and fourteen. It just would. It just wouldn't. I just. I. I think that plays a big part in it. If if all of these guys had eighties and stuff like that, like T Higgins, had he gone to like my. For my theory is if if you if T Higgins would have went to let's say the Chiefs or the Patriots without a doubt he would have came out of gate seventy nine eighty or something because he's on the Bengals I think they probably give him a seventy four at the highest or something crazy like that. Actually, um, I was quite wrong and I remember Joe Mixon being somewhat high, but Joe Mixon was a seventy nine. So mm. when Joe Mixon came into Madden um, and Madden eighteen, he was a seventy nine. So he was rated higher than Joe Burrow. The All guy right. who was picked number one overall. I mean, granted, it's a different position, but he was he was rated seventy nine. Right. Um, but I I feel what you're saying. I from me, I'm I'm definitely somewhat retired myself. The only reason that I keep Madden at all is to really just do those simulations to see the updates and stuff like that. Because like when you get to these slow seasons, you just really don't have football. Um, and I I don't like when, and I mean it might it might just be me. But I'm not that guy that likes to take like highlights and put them together of last season. And then you have like 
Joe Burrow and LSU highlights. Like, I'm not trying to see that. Like, no offense to anybody that does that or throws a Kim Davis Gaither in that, but that just doesn't look like them in a Bengals jersey to me. It's nothing about their talent. It just doesn't just doesn't really look real. And so right. for me, the closest thing that I can get to that, unfortunately, is Madden. So, like, I throw them on there. But I think um, from paying attention to it, their rating system, the way that they rate the Bengals, they still give the skill players decent ratings. Okay. But where they, they where they kill us at is like the offensive line. Like our entire right. line is garbage. Like like right. even Trey Hopkins. Like they'll make Trey Hopkins like a sixty eight, and I'm like right. Trey Hopkins is our best lineman. Like what but think about it though. He's not a household name. He's not gonna get voted by the players on any route. He's he'll never make a Pro Bowl. Like it's it's it, I don't want to say the Bengals curse. But it's right. part of being the Bengals. Let me actually let's do a speed round rating. Give it to me right now, Tyler Boyd. What is his rating for you? Tyler Boyd for me is a eighty-five. I'm gonna go eighty-four. AJ Green, what is his rating for you? AJ Green, I think you have to keep at a ninety just to see what he has to do. I don't Ooh. think if you go down to like an eighty-eight or eighty-nine, it's like I don't know. But I would I would say at a ninety to start off because you can always really? update throughout the season. We're at a ninety. With, I'm I'm on the same thing as you, Joe Mixon. What you got? Joe Mixon is where it gets interesting. I feel like Joe should be like a 90, but I would say an 88. See, for me, I want to go 91 with Joe Joe Mixon. Well, let's let's say let's say what we would give them because we know Madden's gonna make it. All right, yeah, let's do it. Joe Mixon, what's your rating for Joe Mixon? Joe Mixon for me is a 90. Okay, he's 91 for me. Joe Burrow, what's your rating? Joe Burrow for me is an 81. Mm, okay, Odd and Tate. Odd and Tate for me is a 72. 72, okay. I got 74 on him. Okay, give me your rating. You, you talked about Trey Hopkins. What's your rating, Trey Hopkins? My rating for Trey Hopkins is actually like a, a 77. 77? Yeah, I give Trey Hopkins a 77 because when I was making my ratings, the way that I based it off of was I went to PFF and essentially, like, I looked at their pass blocking and run blocking, and I looked at the guys who were next to Trey Hopkins, and then I looked at what their Madden rating was, and then I just assigned it accordingly to, like, that when it came to, like, their pass blocking skills and stuff like that. And I, I can confidently say, like, to me, I think he is worth the 77 because I don't know how else to do that because I can't really gauge it, but I know that he, like, wasn't one of the worst um, centers in the league. Ace, this is a speed round. Hold on. We got to go through these. Uh, all right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm inviting everybody in the chat. Y'all can chime in. You're going to have to type really fast with us. All right. Trey Waynes, what's, what's your... What's Trey your Waynes, rate? I'm going to go with a 75. Oh, you know who I just missed just now? And Trey Waynes for me is a 74. I just missed T. Higgins. What's your rating for T. Higgins? T. Higgins for me is a 74. Jonah Williams. Jonah Williams is a tough one. I'm going to go with a 75. I'm going to go 80 Jonah Williams. Ooh. 80 I'm going to go. Okay. I'm going to go. I, I just, yeah, maybe that's a little high, right? Okay. All right. I'm sorry. Uh, Next one. Um, Carlos Dunlap. Carlos Dunlap for me. Carlos should be a. Carlos should be a 88. The 88. Okay. I got 86 for him. Geno Atkins. What's your rating for him? Gino Atkins for me, I think I think Gino goes back a little bit, and I think he goes to an eighty nine. Right, right, okay. And who else do I have? Uh, let's do some. Let's do some rookies. Akeem Davis Gaither. 
Akeem Davis Gaither with him being a rookie, I think that they're gonna start him off slow. He but he is versatile. So I'm gonna say he's gonna start off Madden as a 68. 68. Whoa. Yeah, I think I think what hold on. This is what I think he is, though, right? Because we're not doing Madden. So I'm gonna say I think I think think his age. I'm gonna say a, a 72. I'm gonna say a 72. And for me, he's 72 all day. Diddy in here says Gino's 90. Somebody else says Gino 90. Dunlap 87. Everybody's pretty much in line. Anybody else that that I that I miss? Let's say Logan William Wilson. William Jackson the third. That's always a tough one. 90. You think Will is a 90? Yeah, before last season, you would have said 90 for sure. Yeah, you, you definitely would have said. You 90. could probably say 88 right now though. But he had a he had a down season a little bit last year. But I, I'm I'm gonna say 88 for him. Um, what do you say for this is going to be an interesting one. I always butcher his name, but let me get it right this time. Michael right. Jordan. What do you give him? 71. 70, 71. You think so? That's not bad. Yeah. What do you think? 69. I can see that. 71. Is, I, he was that's so a little high, right? He's he was little, so up and high. down last year. Like I would give it to him, but there were some games where he was just, I don't know. Um, but I mean, I can't really argue with 71. That's cool. Bobby 71. Hart. Maybe that, that is a little fan of Bobby Hart, 68. 68. Okay. Um, Xavier Sua because we haven't even seen him. 66. I, it's crazy because Xavier Suafilo under under Hart. This what's crazy is Xavier Suafilo, and I know this because I updated the rosters when I went at and looked at his PFF grades. He was like actually really high, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was on pass blocking. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 PFF would agree with that as well. And yeah, I heard PFF they've been working well. and they've been working with EA Sports a little bit too. Somebody also told me that um Chad Ochocinco has a role with e, uh, with EA this year where he's also going to be aiding them in some of the ratings for players and stuff because he works very, very closely with, with them with FIFA with FIFA as well. That's interesting. That's interesting. What are you giving John Rasta? Whew, that's the toughest one out of every single one that you show uh that we've spoken about so far. John Ross, I go 77. Speed still gotta be 99, though. No matter yeah, I what. agree with you. I agree with you. I, I'd probably say the same for John Ross. Yeah, he definitely should be like a 77. Somebody oh, Ohio 42 says Fred Johnson needs a 92. So I I mean, I mean, I'm sorry, a 99. 99. So, <laughs> 99. So I guess he's really pulling for him to start at right tackle this year. It's been a lot of talk about uh Akeem. Uh I said Akeem, but a Denigy starting at right tackle. It's gonna be a, a good roster battle coming up this year. Well, I'm sorry, what was the one that you just asked me just now? Uh I was gonna ask you about DJ Reader. Oh, DJ Reader, ooh, 91. Ooh, okay. 91. So you got, you got Reader well, well, being, being I mean, higher I, than Gino? Yeah, because of the youth uh, coming off a gear like he just had. I mean, Gino and him, they might have the same rating to me. You know, like Dunlap will be – like, right. that's what I'm saying. On, on paper, like, I know, you know, you need cohesion on the football scene, but on paper, there aren't that many positions. Like, look at all these these positions that we've gone through. We just went through, like, an 80-something, 90 at corner for just one corner, and then another one we said, what, 74, 75 for Trey Waynes mm-hmm. or whatever. So our corners are, are set. Jesse Bates, what would you give him, like a 78? 
I would give Jesse Bates, being that he had a down year, 78. I really want to uh, say 80. All right, but, but that but, might just be optimistic. But, but think about this, though. A team that just came off a 2-14 record and gives an overall Madden rating of, you know, like, let's say 72 or whatever. I don't even know what they would give us as an overall. Right. It just doesn't even match up. Like, where are the holes at? You know what I'm saying? Like, we just right. said Dunlap. Dunlap is high 80s. Gino on, on the worst side is high 80s. DJ Reader on the worst side high, high 80s. You got um, I think linebacker. We didn't even talk. We didn't even talk about Hubbard. But I mean, okay, Josh Bynes, they got to give him a 72, 74. That's not the worst. Yeah, he's thing he's he's probably the highest rated linebacker though. Like if I'm looking at it, and they probably, probably they probably they probably SHIT on Pratt, and Pratt probably gets like a 69, 70 at, at you know at at most. Right, but right. but I mean, like generally, like the bad teams on Madden or whatever is sixties all over the place. Like we're not even we're not even using fandom right here, and we're we're going with what we think that they would give them on the low side. I mean, it's still, you know, what I'm saying like that's that's why the like that's why a lot of people have really bought into the fact that this Bengals team could really do well. I know we're talking about video games today, but. I just don't see like, you know, like some of these teams, like the Browns have a really, really good roster, but is it marginally better? The, is Pittsburgh still is like, we know on offense, they like, think about the ratings that we just said from our skill positions. They won't have any of that on offense. The only person that they could probably even give that to is like Juju. Juju. Yeah. Juju. Coming, coming, coming off a bad year. What could they get? They couldn't give Juju a higher rating than 84, bro. And we and we all know that watch football, we got Tyler Boyd as being our second or third best wide receiver, depending on how you look at the wide receiver position, probably being neck and neck with Juju. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, like from an overall standpoint, it's just I think it's it's a tough job for EA to come up with an overall rating for the Bengals being super low, which most people think they are. But if you look at every position, whether it's offense or defense, there just aren't 60s across the board. And it's very little 70s. The 70s and 60s on this team are linebacker and offensive uh, line, which we yeah. already know. But every other position, there's a premier guy sitting right there. We even talk about people like Sam Hubbard and, and Carl Lawson that should right. probably be like maybe mid-70s, you know, right. which, is not the, sure. which is not the worst thing in the world. So one thing I want to talk about, we've talked about the Madden players. It came out, though, we kind of talked about Trey Wayne's. It came out that Trey Waynes hasn't signed his contract. He's becoming pretty frustrated with this. He's ready to get to work, but his agent has instructed him not to participate in anything. How do you feel about the Trey Wayne situation? How do you feel about the way that the Bengals are handling it? Do you think that they're in the wrong? Like, is this a situation that could potentially cause the two to part ways, or is this just, you know, some steam blown, burning over? Steam burning over. There is no way. Listen to me, everybody. Listen to me, Linda. There is no possible way that Trey Waynes doesn't play for the Cincinnati Bengals this upcoming year. He would be the, I'm not going to use words like silly or idiotic or anything like that. It just wouldn't be in his best interest to leave that type of money on the table. Because let me tell you something about this current free agency and rosters are set out here. Nobody's giving them that type of money. Nowhere near that. Just because he doesn't feel good about working out in the way that it's currently set up. 
I got news for them. Like, there's a lot of players that are going through the same exact thing, but they just aren't speaking on it. At first, I thought it was just his agent, but shout out to to Keo Spikes, who recently had Trey Wayne's on the show as well. We need to do something with him uh, ASAP, too. Um, But it's it's nobody's in the wrong. The Bengals are smart to say, listen, we want to go with our doctor. We're not going with independent doctors, and, and they have every right to say that. And a lot of players like Tom Brady and stuff like that were clear. Uh, what's the kid? Um, there was a, a guy that the Ravens signed. I mean, I swear that they went and cleared him, signed him, everything like that. The week after, was it like Pierce? Somebody, I remember they did that really, really Jernigan? Was it Timmy Jernigan or not? It was one of them defenses, one of them big, them big boys up front. And I remember they did that deal really quick, went to their daughter, everything like that. But the Bengals with this COVID-19 is just not ideal circumstances. I was having a conversation with a, a colleague of mine earlier today, and it's just saying there's so many uncomfortable situations. And Trey, I don't know how Trey Wayne thinks that that's going to work in his interest. I, I think one thing is when you get on shows with people like me and you or get on shows with Takeo Spikes, there's a way that the interviewer can make someone feel comfortable. But he should not feel comfortable enough to start trying to air out like a little bit. I wouldn't even call it dirty laundry. It's just not in his best interest, in my opinion. It's not going to make the Bengals say, well, you know what? You know what, man? We thought about it. You, you're right. Like, let, go to your independent guy and we'll clear you. And let's sign a deal. Like, there's no circumstances where they're going to do that. So what, what good does right. it do him to speak out on it like that? There are a million players that could be saying that right now. There are a bunch of players, like, right now with the Bengals that, yeah, the Bengals announced that they signed them, but they haven't gone through it and they haven't signed the actual contract either. But those guys right. aren't anything. And he should chill out, in my opinion, just because I think the players currently right now, they're already down to pre- two preseason games. The players, from a safety standpoint, don't want to do the risk, anything involved with preseason. Preseason is going to get canceled. That's happening, coming up. Like, I've been told that by several players. Preseason is going to be canceled. So him trying to be prepared and get ready for preseason, stuff like that, he should just relax. It's not ideal circumstances. If he's not in the greatest shape ever, they'll put him on the bike for a couple of weeks. He'll be fine. That's the starting corner. That's my opinion. What's yours? Uh, I think I think that, like you said, I, I mean, he would not be smart to go back on that contract because, I mean, a prime example is what happened to Darquez Denard. I mean, he took the Jacksonville deal uh, and then he backed out on it and now he's still a free agent. He's literally trying to, you know, find whatever team will really take him now versus just taking that money that he had. And I believe it was due to some kind of language in his contract that he didn't agree with. And he decided to to renege on that. And that kind of shot him in, in the foot in a sense, because this is COVID going on right now. There's, you know, a market that's died down. The draft has already happened. You know, that just wasn't really the right move. So I think, like you said, not a smart move for him to do now, especially considering that he got one of the highest contracts on the market. Uh, He just has to be patient. Like you said, these are things that the Bengals have to do. They have to do these things their way, especially when they're spending that much money, uh, given that they've done that in the past with guys like Antonio Bryant and been burned on that. They're definitely going to make sure that everything is going to check out before signing that dotted line. So I don't blame them for doing that. And he just needs to understand that it's nothing personal. It's just them just making sure that they do and take the right steps to to make sure that they're getting that investment. Because a lot of people kind of said, 
Vikings fans included, that they wouldn't have given him that much money. And I'm not trying to knock him. I hope that he's going to have a great career here. I'm one of the people that are kind of high on him. There are some people that feel like he was an overpay. But at the end of the day, this team invested and thought that much of you for that. And so I would not jeopardize that at all. But all I think, right. like you said, I think things will, will calm down. He will get signed and he will be our second corner. Right. And um, one thing, just another Trey Wayne's thing before we close out very shortly. Uh, I did research some stuff, too, because some of the things that people were saying about Trey Wayne. Oh, there is a really, really good. If you guys are listening to this, go watch a Mac Minute um, talk talk where he's recently got a guy on there. I, I'm sorry. I forgot his name, but he's got a guy on there that's uh, with the um, he's part of uh, the Minnesota podcast something. I'm screwing this all up. But Mac Minnick's last uh, show on Cincy Jungle, he has a guy that um, is very really, really has been watching Trey Wayne's for a, a while. And he talks about the potential of Trey Wayne's talks about some of the things. And it's eerily similar to Drake Kirkpatrick. The one thing that he did say, and a lot of pro-focus stuff backs this up, and the same thing with um, Alexander McKenzie is this, is that Trey Waynes arguably is one of the best tackling corners in the NFL. And I think once you talk about that, uh, McKenzie, uh, Sean Williams and stuff, you have a, you have a very sound um, secondary. And I think moving forward, I wasn't the biggest fan of the Trey Wayne's deal, and I'm still not the biggest one of it. And I'll be the first. I'll tell him that if I ever talk to him. But he has a chance to prove me wrong. And if he could do it from short up tackling, then that's one thing that I'm really, really, really buying into. And one of the things that this guy tells us about, too, a lot is about how he has trouble sometimes finding the ball when he's in place. Who does that sound a lot like? Right. So. Uh, that's just something that you guys to check out on our on our um, other podcast, brother Mac Minish talk talk with the Cincy Jungle. The last thing that I wanted to talk about clo- uh, in closing, I guess, was Joe Burrow um, is recently partnered up with the Athens County Food Pantry. If you guys remember, around the time that he uh, got his Heisman or whatever, he had that great speech. He raised over five hundred thousand dollars. Like at that time, it could be more than that by now. But um, he he just re- he recently released a statement that just said he was honored to uh, partner and support the Athens County Food Pantry and Foundation for Appalachia, Ohio, in conjunction with the Joe Burrow Hunger Relief Fund. It's something he's very very passionate about. It's going to be running through Kroger, uh, Bose, um, the People's Bank, and they're just now kicking off this uh, program. And like I said, um, I said that number was five hundred thousand. They had raised five hundred and two thousand. So. Um, his statement on his Twitter, or I think it was his Instagram, was, I just want to show as much appreciation to this area as I can. Um, he posted this video on Twitter. Food insecurity is something I'm really passionate about. It's something I've really been thinking about and how I can make an p- impact on people's lives. So that's another great tidbit that we got from Joe Burrow. Something that I really, really, um, it's just another reason to just say, hey, Joe Burrow for president. Why doesn't he just run in 2024 at this point? Because, I, I mean, can Joe Burrow do anything wrong, people? He's that good. He could he could throw five picks, and I say, you know what? I forgive you, man. You're going to go get him next week. Yes, sir. 
All right. With that being said, this has been the Orange is the New Black podcast. Please be sure to subscribe. Share this with all of your friends. Be sure to follow me on YouTube at New Stripe City. Follow Zim on Instagram at Zim underscore Hude. Follow us both on Twitter at New Stripe City and at Zim Hude. Definitely be sure to check out CincyJungle.com for all your latest Bengals news and all of that. And that has been the show. Hude. Hude. Ah. Y'all saw me flexing. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.